0: so hi World of the good Noise podcast i'm shane i'm glory and we're here with
1: and i'm harry from Weather State,
0: and we're gonna ask them some great. questions today about their upcoming album never better so congrats on that by the way how do you feel about the response to the announcement so far
1: yeah yeah we're absolutely buzzing i mean um i feel like it's a real long time coming obviously with the pandemic and you know how long the whole thing took to uh actually write and obviously uh record and everything like that so was a long time coming we're just um we're just desperate to get out of there now so yeah really excited how sure. long how
0: long have you guys been working on this thing
1: well some of the songs date back to as far as like 2019 so um wow. yeah i mean mo- most of it we wrote during the pandemic we had probably about four or five songs uh, beforehand but uh we tried to use that time in lockdowns and stuff just to really kind of like just like write as much as possible um obviously it affected how we wrote because normally we'd be together, but we couldn't do that. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it a bit more later, but it completely changed the whole kind of um, way we do things. So it felt really kind of alien to us, but um, yeah, it's just really cool to finally actually get to play them together as a band, you know? Oh yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It must be awesome. Uh, So is there any meaning behind the album name or cover art?
1: Yeah. So um, I've, I've always liked the kind of, idea of it being kind of a bit tongue-in-cheek just like uh almost like sarcastic and pessimistic you know our first that record was called born a cynic our first length. um so this one really was supposed to be kind of you know mega sarcastic and you know the opposite of reality when you know people ask you how everything is you know say never better but mm-hmm. really having a pretty shit time you know yeah <laughs> yeah it's, just, uh, it's more like a, it's more like a kind of like satirical kind of like coping mechanism I'd say of um yeah it's more supposed to be a kind of like hyper negative just kind of just like you know is what it is kind of thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, we really wanted to capture that with the art as well obviously um it was something that I had in my head that I wanted to kind of like direct that I wanted it to be a kind of guy like you know kind of in a party environment where he should be having a good time I kind of referenced um like bands like saves the day and stuff in terms of there are uh where they're all like on like a sofa and they're all like kind of like the guys that are kind of like that with them it was a bit more kind of like a kind of frat party and they're the kind of like losers that don't really fit in with this it it wasn't so much that it was more just the fact that like it's supposed to be like a a celebration of uh negativity kind of thing you know he's holding a balloon with a smiley face but it's not quite a reflection of how he is inside kind of thing Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah
0: uh so can you tell us a little about your writing process for this album
1: yes so, um normally it would it would work that i'd you know myself and callan and the other guys would obviously kind of write ideas from our kind of bedrooms and then uh we kind of take them to band practice and we kind of would play them and kind of evolve the songs from there but um with this it was just done in a completely like different way you know we worked with um a lot of the songs to kind of like shell of them uh, kind of ready beforehand that where we worked on them in our own time separately, and you know recording demos, pinging them to each other, adding bits, but they really come to life when um we started working with Alan day, which mm-hmm. was awesome so um he was he was kind of fundamental in terms of the kind of review process of the writing, and he also added stuff like from the ground up, so there's a few of the songs that we kind of had like quite basic ideas, and we would start working on like late night video calls and stuff with him and um it's just amazing that the technology is there for us to be able to do that. You know, he could have his mixing desk up. We would see that and we'd be playing ideas and adding like layers onto stuff that we already had. And we'd be saying, oh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Or like, absolutely. That's amazing. Let's run with that. So um, before it would always be a case, like I said, we would kind of play them together. But with this, the songs I feel have a lot more kind of um, dynamic range because there's lots more kind of layers added to them as opposed to it being just like a garage band and quite you know pluggy guitars in and kind mm-hmm. of just jam jam it out kind mm-hmm. of thing this this was us kind of tinkering and tweaking and adding stuff during the whole writing process so for that I feel like the songs have really uh, benefited from that but um, I mean I personally still call me old school but I would prefer to be just in the garage with the rest of the guys just there's definitely pros and cons to it and I think going forward the songs benefited from doing it the way we did this time. So I'd like to think that maybe we could do a bit of both. You could mm-hmm. maybe do some tinkering and then take them to the garage, play them and see if they feel good playing them and jarring them out. And then say, yeah, that's great. Or we need to add this. We need to add that. But um, yeah, somewhere in the middle would be perfect. really. <laughs> oh yeah. Sure. So, uh,
2: so I want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this album and the meaning behind it.
1: Uh, um. My, so the probably up here in my hell um there's a lyric that said um dilated pupils sick from vertigo living the mantra of taking it slow and I just feel that that's just a really cool hook I've just it was just something that I wrote it just came out like that and I was like that is just I just absolutely love that uh again just real kind of hyper negative um you know the kind of idea of kind of being head kind of like kind of spinning out a bit sometimes Mm -hmm. but the reality is is that you're not actually living a fast-paced life and going out and partying all the time so that's the living the mantra of taking it slow but the dilated pupil element comes from the fact that you feel like you should be able to be chilled and relaxed because you're not being part of that kind of party environment but your head's still an absolute mess as if you were just out you know going to like raves and you know off your head Mm -hmm. kind of thing and I just really like the fact that it's kind of um it plays against each other from you know the dilated pupils and then the taking it slow I just yeah I don't know that's something that really as soon as I wrote that I was just like yes that's that's the one that stays I love that. <laughs> sometimes that's a really you, sick lyric s- sometimes you end up mulling over um, certain lines for for hours and hours and you just you come back to it the next day and you try and make something else work and in the end you think ah oh, you know that'll do I always find the best ones are the ones that you're just in your room and then it just comes out like that. And you're like, mm-hmm. that is, that is exactly what it should be. And that's why it come natural. Sometimes you best not to overthink it, you know? Mm-hmm,
0: for yeah. Sure. Uh, so what song on the album took longest to write and which one is your personal favorite?
1: Uh, I'd say there's a couple that took quite long. Um, Panic attack took quite, quite a long time because a lot of these songs evolved. So like I said, where it would be kind of just a demo that I would, you know, maybe write or Callan would maybe write. Um, This is one of the ones that I I kind of took to them and thought almost, this is the kind of finished product already. I was like, this doesn't need to get tweaked much. This is kind of like, I feel like this is decent already. And then when we worked on it with Alan, he was like, yeah, you can change this up or not quite sure about this there. And um, he changed up a few things. And um, at the time I was a bit like, a bit kind of like protective and a bit like oh I'm not sure I quite like what he's done here mm-hmm. and because the calls would be late at night with the time difference and stuff it would be like midnight and I'd be trying to like fight my corner about no this bit needs to stay <laughs> yeah and then, <laughs> and then you know I listened back to it the next day and I was like he was 100% right yeah <laughs> I don't know why I was trying to try to fight this corner so much so mm-hmm. um yeah there was like I guess things like that that he would almost because at the time I'd be quite stubborn and be like, no, I just don't like this. I think that bit just sucks. I really don't like how that sounds. Now it's not how I envisioned it. And then um, you'd come back to it three days later, and he'd be like, so have you managed to like have any thoughts on it? And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so um, yeah, I, I think Panic Attack was one of them ones that changed quite a lot. The first time we heard the kind of demo that he added bits on, we would it, we felt we were very far away from what we are. Uh, you know meeting in the middle and eventually we found like a sweet spot and but it took like sessions and sessions so and then the other one was probably Headstone which is the latest single we released and I think that's more just the fact that there's so many there's quite a lot of dynamic layers in that
3: Mm.
1: a lot of our old record and stuff is just kind of like I said chord bashing punk rock kind of stuff so that just you know some of those songs I could just write in two hours kind of thing and it just comes out but this one was like us adding like acoustic guitar and then like it started off Callan wrote the actual demo for that in terms of the structure and stuff. But by the end of it, we were adding bits and taking away bits and changing whole sections. And, um, yeah, I don't think we've ever had a song kind of as ambitious as that in terms of like how it's quite different than the rest of our stuff. So where it wasn't as natural, I felt that was probably, um, yeah, that, that took quite a long time, I guess. And Mm -hmm. what was the other other question? What was Uh, my favorite? Yeah. Your personal favorite. Um, probably here in my hell which is the one that i uh said about with that lyric um that's one that we haven't released a single yet and it's i don't think it's going to be a single it's going to just be a standalone album track but it's just like two minutes long and it's just i tell you now it's just an absolute rager it's just like foot to the floor <laughs> uh-huh. and it's just like it's just so bouncy and you know i'm just a sucker for that like that just green day punk rock bounce and it's just like 100 percent that and i just I just listened to it. I just got a smile on my face from start to finish. It's not the most, I wouldn't say it's the most ambitious or out there song on the record, but you listen to it and it's just over before you know it. But it's just, I just love every single part of it. So I really can't wait for people to hear that. All right. Hell yeah. <laughs> sure. <All right. laughs>
2: so how did the track list for this album come about? Did you guys write the opener to be the opener? Closer to be the closer? You should kind of shuffle around listen through a couple of times. What was that process like?
1: Well, um, so... With the last record, I kind of had uh, the intro song and then the closer, it was kind of already like written like for that purpose kind of thing. With this, we didn't actually kind of know the structure until kind of quite late on to, well, till after we actually recorded it and we started um, uh, playing around with different ways of putting songs in different positions and how that would feel. Um, But obviously I wrote the intro, I had that in my head kind of... I wanted the intro, to do, well, the opening track. It's kind of um, it's like a forty-five second, fifty-second kind of like skit almost, as mm. opposed to like a full song. Mm. And it's just kind of this real kind of nice melodic thing I just wrote one night, and I was like, that would only fit as like kind of like a lo-fi kind of intro to the record. Yeah. So that one was one of the ones that we couldn't really put anywhere else, and we kind of ummed and about whether even putting it as the opener on the record, to be honest, because um it's quite, it's quite different. So if, if you just press play at the start of the record and that's the first song you hear, you might not realize that we're like a punk rock band. And then it might, you know, that some people might be like, oh, I'm not sure on this. This is a bit like mellow. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is I wanted it to be like really kind of minimalistic and just stripped down, just, you know, one guitar, one vocal, just kind of a bit kind of dreamy. And then it goes straight into the second song, which is like a, you know, headbanger kind of thing. So um th- those ones kind of wrote themselves, but in terms of the rest of the structure, that was kind of we really did kind of just that was had right at the end was when we actually finalized that stuff really. So um yeah, and it was just trying to make sure that we didn't put too many songs one after another that might kind of we we didn't we wanted it to have its ups and downs, the album. We didn't want it just to be front loaded with all the singles and then mm-hmm. filler at the back or anything like that. It's about making the right impact by having softer songs and then go into a heavier one and then it's even more complicated about you don't want songs with similar tempos and similar mm-hmm. vibes right after each other because mm-hmm. otherwise they just kind of get lost yeah I think that was one of the problems with our first record is that not problems but if we if I was to pick holes here I would probably say that it was quite um like kind of one-dimensional which mm-hmm. like I'm unregrettably one dimensional like you know it was just kind of punk rock songs that, like i said garage garage rock band song mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah but uh with this we wanted it to have more kind of ups and downs kind of as it went so it kind of feels a bit more like a not like a story but it kind of feels like it takes you on a bit more of a journey as mm-hmm. opposed to just e- every song similar tempo similar kind of vibe you know because because uh, the problem is then by the time it gets to the seven four eight track if they're all kind of similar like that yeah listeners yeah. might start thinking, you know, it's 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 like the the phrase, you know, like if it's Christmas every day kind of thing, then it's not Christmas, is it? It's like mm-hmm. you need you kind of need the you need the Mondays to make the weekend so good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I
0: appreciate how much thought went into it. Um
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so where was your headspace at while you guys are writing this album?
1: Um I mean like as everyone was during the pandemic and stuff you know it's cheesy to i'm not really trying to hang on too much about that but everyone everyone was having a bit of a you know a shit time mm-hmm. we were locked in we weren't sure when the end was going to be you know if we knew it was going to take this long and go on as long as it was then maybe it'd be worse but um at that time that uncertainty of knowing we don't know what's going to happen like what if we're going to play shows again you know mm-hmm. um but we, would, we just got signed to Rude Records a month before uh, the pandemic started. So we went from being like, oh, my God, like we've like landed with like a label that we've been following for years. Like, a,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, got a contract are talking about working with producers that we want to writing up a list and stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything was really exciting. We were supposed to fly out to the States to actually record with Alan June of 2020. Ah. And then we kept delaying it and thinking our oh, flights will probably be allowed in. If we delay it to September, mm-hmm. and then we were thinking, oh, we'll delay it to November, <laughs> yeah. and then it was like, uh, we we need to record this at some point, and we yeah. need to get this out there. <laughs> yeah. The label's gonna, the label's going to be like, well, we can't just wait for another three years. You know, we need we need like you know, they signed us to for us to put an album out, and <laughs> we were excited about it as well. So um, I feel like. We kind of had to just kind of make the jump then just to say right we're going to do it in a slightly different way and we recorded it in the u k and then Alan mixed it uh in America over in the states obviously mm-hmm. um but yeah the headspace in terms of the writing process was I, I don't know I, there was a it was it was obviously very negative and like a lot of frustration and you know that uncertainty and I think a lot of that did come out in the record I, I remember writing the song um never getting better which is one of the singles we released which obviously the album track is kind of you know it's kind of that um and I remember just that was about a month into the pandemic and where we were just kind of locked down and stuff and it was a really sunny day and I just had my guitar amp plugged in like a little shitty practice amp in the front room (laughs) had the windows open because it was so sweltering hot and I just started playing this like kind of like almost like swingy like and that's why the the lyric the things they won't get better in time came because I was just like thinking you know that was the mindset at the time really Mm -hmm. like you know I was thinking it who who knows if it will or if it wouldn't but I've always liked with my writing to kind of like really kind of like hone into those kind of like negative moments and Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say overall I'm a really negative person that's is that's not how I feel 24 7 kind of thing but when you do have those moments like that the way that you can deal with it is to be really angry or be really sad and I kind of have always kind of used music as the outlet to that so anyone would think by listening to the lyrics on our record that I'm just the most grumpy miserable person you've <laughs> ever met but, <laughs> yeah. but, but, the, but the reality is it's that to write the best music when I'm in that kind of mindset Mm -hmm. so i like to deliberately just like put it under a magnifying glass and then just crank it up to 10 how i'm feeling say right this is how i'm going to just like just get it all out you know Mm -hmm. so um it was really it's just therapeutic you know to get it out like that but um, yeah yeah i mean like i said the mindset wasn't very good at the time but i mean that's probably why the songs aren't particularly like chirpy and upbeat (laughs) yeah Yeah. fair enough
2: So it's safe to assume that if you guys were able to record right before the pandemic started, the album would have been like completely different.
1: I think it would have definitely had different uh, tones to it for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: the writing process, like I said, would have been different. So maybe yeah. the songs wouldn't be as kind of expansive and it might be a bit more kind of uh stripped down and more garage band feel. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of the lyrical content and stuff I've even before the pandemic like I said I've always uh, I've said this in a few interviews before but I've always liked bands like Save the Day when they have that really they've always had they've always been like kind of upbeat kind of pop, poppier songs and melodic but the lyrics are really 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 negative about like you know like taking a toaster in the bath and like uh, goug- gouging your eyes out and mm-hmm. forks and stuff like that and I, I don't imagine that is something that is a literal thing that do, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I've always really, I've always really enjoyed that aspect of the art of making like having the kind of dynamic of it kind of being something really melodic, but also just really, really negative and really kind of like striking.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, like I said, it is an outlet and it is a reflection of the mood at the time. It's just kind of like cranked up even further for the kind of artistic style that I like to write in. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone likes writing in a different style. Um, you know, I've never picked a guitar up and wrote a song about a lovely day that I've had, you know, going to the beach or mm-hmm. going to the park. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe that's something I'll do in the future. But for now it's just, it's exclusively about, you know, times that I'm kind of need that outlet of music. And yeah. that's probably why it, some people might listen and think, is this guy? Okay. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. <laughs> okay, heard it here
0: first. Harry is fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's fine. Good. I mean for now for now anyway maybe not in a year's time if we're still in this. Mess, but... <laughs> oh god yeah. uh,
2: So this one should be super super quick off the top of your head. I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. No more no less.
1: Uh energetic. Mm-hmm. Um energetic, melodic and fierce
3: there you go
1: that was quick thank you i like i like i like this yeah that's good
0: (laughs) Uh, so in that same train of thought is there a certain feeling you want your listeners to have while going through this album
1: i mean like i said people can consume art in different ways people can write art in different ways so i'd never tell someone how they should or shouldn't consume something Mm -hmm. i don't i don't want i never wanted myself to be a kind of spokesman of like any like community or people like that I don't feel like I kind of you know I've, I respect the hell out of all the fans and anyone that want, wants to listen to us but I feel that anyone can listen to it and take it and interpret it in different ways you know um, I just I just want if people can enjoy it in the same way that I can enjoy writing the songs or we can enjoy writing the songs then to me then that's just amazing um, in terms of the feeling and stuff you know it's just that it's that negative feeling of the monotonous, you know, day-to-day stuff and the, all the bullshit that we've all had the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, if people can, you know, find comfort in that or can like relate to it, then that's amazing. But um, you know, some of the songs are just straight up, just personal to me, and I wouldn't say they kind of they're not generic stuff that would reflect with um, necessarily with other people. But if 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 it makes people happy by listening to it, then that's just fantastic to me you know whether that's fun whether that makes them happy because they think the songs are catchy and they can tap their foot to it or -hmm. whether that means that they can really like relate to some lyrics and stuff then that's also awesome but um yeah i'm just just grateful for anyone that actually gives us the time you know
2: yeah yeah oh all right uh for this question i want you to picture you're on tour you're at a gas station for a rest stop you're going in what is your snack of choice
1: um well first thing I'd probably it's not very exciting but we get a bottle of water or fill up on water because it seems that <laughs> every time I'm on tour you're always just especially if it's in the summer and stuff you're in a hot van and you know with loads of sweaty crew and stuff like mm-hmm. that um we always tend to go for kind of like bakery stuff like when we toured like uh, Europe and stuff they had some amazing um bakeries in the morning you'd go in and you'd um you'd have to like pay to eat Oh, sorry. Callan's just messaged me. <laughs> he might jump in <laughs> in a sec. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So he randomly pops up. Then yeah. Um, but yeah, we'd always we'd always go for the baked goods in the morning. We'd always get um, we'd always get like a a black coffee first thing, and then like you know a croissant and just like some kind of stuff like that to fuel the stomach. We always mm-hmm. try and get fruit as well because the first couple of tours you do, you end up just you know stopping at mcdonald's every day and then you just feel like just absolute, just absolute shit after like two three days you know yeah so um we made a conscious effort of like just buying fruit even if it's just having like you know some like strawberries and you know bananas or whatever and just a bottle of water and or like orange juice just fresh juice stuff like that um but yeah, obviously there's time just to get chocolate and snacks as well. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but um, we we try and we, we try and at least start keeping it healthy, and then by the end of it, that just goes out the window, and you do just get chocolate.
0: Yeah, well, I love that you guys <laughs> live large for at least some of the tour. That's great.
1: Yeah, well, it it, it, it always seems like a good idea, but then you get to a certain date, and then you just feel absolutely horrendous, and it's just yeah. so bad. Yeah, <laughs> and then
2: you're back to eating healthy again.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing worse than when you you because, you know, a band's our size, like, we're really respectful for it, but we're always, like, crashing at people on people's floors and, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so we, we don't have the luxury of having, like, a big tour bus and, um, you know, our own beds and, like, facilities and stuff like that to feel fresh. Normally it's kind of like, right, band calls at 9am, uh, wake up at, like, 8 and be like, we've got time to, oh we'll, like, have a shower quick. And then mm-hmm. it's just, like, right, quickly, let's just first thing get a coffee, some water, try and have some type of fruit or something like that but i always feel terrible after like the third day on tour anyway so probably oh. makes no difference by the end of it <laughs> fair enough
0: Aww. um so if the band was still a, fun. <laughs> if the band was a dish what dish would the band be and why
1: uh a vindaloo curry because they're very spicy <laughs> Ooh,
2: that sounds really Spice-
1: good spicy and fierce I, ah. there
2: you go there you go and then you go tied the in case. one of your words yeah, yeah. There you go. exactly exactly okay. uh, so for these last couple of questions we're actually going to shift away from music if that's okay with you okay sure. so we're actually going to go straight to death row boom so if you're on death row what would your last meal be with a drink
1: what would my last meal be with a drink mm-hmm. um that really is a tough one yeah um I don't know. Cause obviously I really, um, I love like, you know, steak. I love, uh, my mum always makes fantastic, uh, bangers and mash so sausages, mashed potato and gravy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe something kind of like quite hearty like that. It's not the most exciting thing I know or the best answer, but um, probably something that's kind of like wholesome and has some kind of like not emotional attachment, but you know, like as a kid, you like kind of thing. Yeah. Probably okay. something like that. Um, and, as far as a drink, just something very, very strong, because <laughs> put yeah me out of, uh, put me out of the mindset a bit of worrying, I guess, probably some I don't know some like neat whiskey or something like that, maybe <laughs> neat okay. whiskey sausages, and uh mashed potato with gravy <laughs> All right, perfect. That's perfect uh so if
0: you could live in one fiction world for a week, where would you live?
1: in one fictional world, Yes. Mm-hmm. um a world where there's uh, peace and happiness and uh, the sports football team that I support wins every game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's perfect. perfect. That's perfect. Does what, it um...
1: doesn't does 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 stress me out on a weekly basis. That would be nice. <laughs>
2: exactly. You should just always know. Yeah,
1: exactly. It'd be great. Everyone would be loving life. Summer would be shining. Good food, mm-hmm. good vibes. Get a good night's sleep. Wake up feeling fresh. Turn the TV on watch my team we win everything win all the cups Mm -hmm. that'd be great perfect
2: (laughs) it's perfect all right Uh, so I have the honor of asking the last question every single person spoken to has actually said it is the most important question okay what is your favorite color uh red you have a specific shade of red
1: um probably just kind of like that kind of like lighter red the kind of candy apple red Ooh. I remember mm-hmm. when I was younger when when I was younger I really wanted my first guitar I wanted um I, I just wanted a candy apple red uh Stratocaster but obviously like a not offended like a cheaper one because that was you know I was I was like 12 years old no way was my dad gonna spend <laughs> exactly like, uh, 600 pounds or something like that on a on a fender for me because he you know for all he knew i might have just given up after two weeks kind of thing exactly. um and i remember seeing see one at a local um music store being like oh my god like that is that's the one and i remember thinking when i'm older one day i'm gonna roll i know um, a red fender stratocaster and i did buy one a couple of years ago actually but um i actually sold it last year because uh, we're, no. a t- we're a bit tough we're a bit we're a bit tight for cash, and it was my kind of backup guitar, so uh, um, I couldn't really justify having a, a second one. What obviously, when we start playing shows regularly and stuff like that again, we'll have to, um, we'll obviously have to make sure I get a second guitar like that. But at the time, I think we needed the cash to front for the album and stuff like that, so um, I had to sell it, so that was a bit um, disheartening, but I That's did finally said. get my dream. I got my dream, at least, from my childhood. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Hopefully you get another one again. again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. When, um, when, you know, in the future, for sure, um, mm-hmm. I'll definitely get one, even if I just hang it up on my wall just to say, I said I was going to get one of them when I was exactly. old. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh,
0: so as Gloria said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug?
1: No, just um, obviously make sure you check our album out, Never Better, uh next month check all the singles out there on spotify all of the videos that are on youtube uh on rude records um and yeah we've got uh a release show on the 23rd i believe of february uh in london uh uk so um if anyone's about for that listen to this so obviously come down it's gonna be a great show we've got some great support bands with us um but yeah just uh thank you so much for anyone that's checked out the song so far and um anyone that supported us over the years we really appreciate it can't wait for you guys to get stuck into it oh yeah all right Uh, well thank you for (laughs)
3: now that's been harry from uh, weather state and we have been the good noise podcast